Wow, the music has been more than powerful today, has it not? (laughs) As we consider the gospel and how deep the Father's love is for us. Um, If you turn again in the scriptures here to 1 Corinthians 9, you notice that the title of the message today is uh, AAA. And when you see AAA, um, there's a few things that come to mind. So uh, with regards to that, so I I did a little look online for all the AAAs that there are. And uh, the first three that come up, of course, are right up on the screen there, anti-aircraft artillery. And uh, here's a whole list if you want the whole list you can have. It's 180 some of them. But uh, the American Automobile Association and the uh, battery size, of course, of the AAAs, and you have all sorts of things, abdominal aortic aneurysm, American Angus Association, um, the acute anxiety attack. We don't want to go into those things as we go along, but there's a lot of them. Um, It has nothing to do with really what we're doing for the message today. It's just the way they are, three A's. Um, this is the way we're going to take a look at this passage of Scripture as, as Paul continues on. I will give you a spoiler alert, though. You know, in seminary, we're taught to preach the law first and then the gospel. And we need to do that. We do that with our services. Do you catch that? We confess our sin. We, we talk about who we are. And we see our need and we're reminded of what Christ has done for us and that forgiveness that he can bring. And the spoiler alert, of course, in all of this is that Paul is getting at the point of sharing the gospel. He's looking at his life and he's pointing out what that motivation is, what what is going on, and how he's compelled to share about that gospel that has saved him. To share about what Christ has done. Now, I want to remind you that the gospel is all about what Christ has done. If we turn the gospel on anything we're doing, (laughs) we're turning it around. (laughs) It's all about sharing what Christ has done. And Paul brings up three different things as he he talks to them in this part of the letter um, as he goes forward. The the first part of this is, we'll just say, he he reminds them that he's an apostle. (laughs) An apostle is one who has been sent. He says, am I not free? Am I not an apostle? And of course he means that he is. Have I not seen Jesus our Lord? Some of you might wonder, did Paul see Jesus? If you read the book of Acts, you see that Paul on the road to Damascus met Jesus. And we have that clearly before us. Are you then, he says, not a result of my work in the Lord? He says, there might be people who don't think I'm an apostle. But he says, you are, you're the seal of my apostleship. Because I've been sent to share the gospel. And I've shared it with you. And he takes that and he just, he he lays it out. Now, we can do different things with the apostleship of different things, but we are to be apostles too, aren't we? To be sent out by our Lord. Sent to share the truth. And then, The second A that we're going to use in verses 3 through 14 is the authority that we have. The authority that Paul notes that he has in sharing this gospel. He says, don't we have the right? I know my rights, he says. Don't we have the right? I know that I have a right to have 
to receive payment for what I'm doing. I know I have the right to to um, to go forward in these things and to to receive the very thing that I'm sharing. I have that right to do those things. But he doesn't want to take that right and make it, what's the important part? He wants to make the important part what he gets to share. Um, there's a pastor, his name was Don Baker, and he relates the story about a, a friend of his, Pastor Tom. And Pastor Tom had a phone number that was one digit off from the public library phone number. Um, they had a special phone number at that public library that was dial a tail. It was meant for little kids to dial if they ever wanted to hear a fairy tale read to them, that they could dial it. Now, you know how kids, when they dial, of course, nowadays I say dial, kids don't understand dial. When you punch in the number, you can mess up, right? And if he was one digit off, so what would happen very often is that Pastor Tom would get calls with little kids wanting to hear a fairy tale. And he tried to explain to the the kids um, what a wrong number meant. But you know what he eventually did? After all those unsuccessful attempts at trying to explain to kids, I mean, he could have changed his number, right? Um, he didn't do that. What he did is he bought a he, he brought out a copy of the Three Little Pigs, <laughs> and he had it next to the phone. <laughs> and when a kid would do that, he would just read to him or read to him or her the Three Little Pigs. <laughs> It's a beautiful illustration of yielding your personal rights. He could have done and changed his number and done the different things, but he took the opportunity to share with little kids just a a fairy tale. In the summer of 1986, there were two ships that collided in the Black Sea off the coast of Russia. Hundreds of passengers died. One of them was a passenger ship. You see right there, it's the actual ship um, leaving harbor before it would do this, run into the um, freighter that it would run into. And the news of the disaster was further darkened when an investigation revealed the cause of the accident. By the way, there were 346 people who did die in this, as it happened. But here's why it happened. It wasn't a technology problem like radar malfunction or even thick fog. It was a beautiful, sunny day, clear, no wind. (laughs) The cause was human stubbornness. Each captain was aware of the other ship nearby, but both of them could have steered clear. But they assumed that they were going to be able to get by each other, and neither captain wanted to give way. The one thought he was right, the other thought they were right. And each was too proud to yield first, but the time they came to their senses, by that time it was too late. The freighter didn't have anything too much happen. Nobody got hurt in that, but the passenger ship, of course. But it was because of pride. It was because of hanging on to those rights. Now, Paul lays it out there. He says, There in the next verses, he says, Who serves as a soldier at his own expense? Who plants a vineyard without eating any of its fruit? And who tends a flock without getting some of the milk? (laughs) Who shares the gospel without knowing the gospel? 
and taking those parts and knowing what it is. <laughs> but he had every right to receive the things. They had every right to take a wife with him, just like Peter did and things like that. But Paul says, I don't want to base it on that. Paul says, doesn't the law say the same thing? Don't muzzle an ox. It's Deuteronomy 25, um, verse 4. And by the way, I missed one thing in there. I'm sorry, there's a quote. <laughs> um, I don't ask for my rights. I have no rights. I only have wrongs. <laughs> That's a reminder before we get the gospel, isn't it? But again, who did this? And then he says, doesn't the law say the same thing? Do not muzzle an ox while it's treading out the grain. (laughs) We do get to eat from it. We do get supplied by that. As a pastor, you supply me with my way to live. (laughs) I get that wonderful right that you give to me. And you allow that. But you know what the most important part is? Um, I was sensing it this morning and being reminded is that I get to share with you the Word of God. I get to share with you the Gospel. And I hope I do it rightly. (laughs) To do it with the power that God has because it's the Gospel that has the power. By the way, as I said that, I'm just reminded that even if if I don't do it rightly, the Word of God does it rightly. (laughs) And it brings it to you. And it's there for us. And that's what he brings out in that last part there in verses 3 through 14. He says, but we don't misuse this right. I don't want to misuse it. Why? Because of the gospel. To get the good news out. To share that gospel. And that's the last A. You might say, well, gospel doesn't start with A. Almighty gospel does. (laughs) When Caleb read the verses from Romans 1.16 this morning, for it is the power of God unto salvation. The gospel is the key. And why preach the gospel? There's a lot of reasons, but Paul notes here, he says, I'm compelled to do it. I have to do it. Why does Paul have to do it? Because of what Christ has done for him. It becomes very personal, doesn't it? It should be at this point. It is personal. Christ died for you and for me. When we were singing out deep the Father's love for us this morning, that's one of those songs that's going to stick around for years because of the power of the words that are there. It's laid out. It's that simple message that so many of the old hymns have that take you to the cross, to take you to what Jesus did. And he says here, I I preach willingly. I preach voluntarily here. (laughs) It's what compels me. And then I love what he does there at the end. He says, what's really my reward in all this? I mean, I, I get the rewards, he says. Just like the ox as it's treading and doing things, it can have some of the grain and all those different things. But what's the real reward? <laughs> he 
He gets to offer it free of charge. When I was a young boy, and I've probably mentioned this before, it was the verse that changed me was Romans 6.23, the wages of sin is death. But the free gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. (laughs) That's what struck home. To know the simple truth. And, and in myself, I can't, can't even believe, but God offers it as a gift to receive it. Have you received that gift? Do you know the truth? I can't force you and I'm not going to make you with things. You know, I was thinking about buying gifts and I was reminded of what somebody said about buying gifts. And this was a, well... The way it was put was like this. What not to buy your wife? Guys, you ever heard these with things? Don't buy anything that plugs in. Anything that requires electricity is seen as utilitarian. You have to use it. Secondly, don't buy clothing that involves sizes. The chances are one in 7,000 you'll get her size right. And if your wife and your wife will be offended the 6,999 other times. Avoid all things useful. The new silver polish advertised to save hundreds of hours is not going to win you any brownie points. (laughs) Don't buy anything that involves weight loss or self-improvement. I won't go any farther on that one. Don't buy jewelry. The jewelry your wife wants, you can't afford. (laughs) And the jewelry you can afford, she doesn't want. (laughs) Finally, don't spend too much. How do you think we're going to afford that, she'll ask. (laughs) But don't spend too little because she won't say anything, but she'll think, Isn't, is that all I'm worth? <laughs> now, it's funny to laugh at things of getting gifts. And it's wonderful to be able to give gifts. But the reason I go through all that is because there's a gift that is offered to you and me. <laughs> That's the gift that Paul is reminding the Corinthians of. The gift of the gospel. And the gospel is the good news of what Christ has done. (laughs) Not us trying to make things happen. But to know that gift that can set you truly free. Let me close with this little story. Um, There was a young woman who had been diagnosed with a terminal illness and she'd been given three months to live. So as she was getting her things in order, she contacted her pastor and had him come to her house to discuss certain aspects of her final wishes. She told him which song she had sung at the services, what scripture she would like read, and what outfit she wanted to be buried in. Everything was in order and the pastor was preparing to leave when the young woman suddenly remembered something very important to her. There's one more thing, she said. And she said it very excitedly. What's that, came the pastor's reply. She said, this is very important. I want to be buried with a fork in my hand. The pastor kind of looked at her, not knowing what quite, quite what to say. Um, that surprises you, doesn't it, she said. Well, to be honest, he said, I'm puzzled by your request. And the young woman explained. She said, my grandmother once told me this story. And from that time on, I've always tried to pass it along, along its message to those I love and those who are in need of encouragement. 
In all my years of attending socials and dinners, I always remember that when the dishes of the main course were being cleared, someone would inevitably lean over and say, keep your fork. It was my favorite part, she said, because I knew that something better was coming. Like velvety chocolate cake or deep dish apple pie, something wonderful and with substance. So I just want people to see me there in the casket with a fork in my hand, and I want them to wonder, what's with the fork? <laughs> then I want you, Pastor, to tell them, keep your fork. The best is yet to come. The pastor's eyes welled up with tears of joy as he hugged the young woman goodbye. He knew would be one of the last times he would see her before her death. But he also knew that the young woman had a better grasp of heaven than he did. <laughs> she had a better grasp of what heaven would be like than many people twice her age with twice as much experience and knowledge. She knew that something better was coming. I like to think of that fork as an opportunity to share the gospel. <laughs> During his message, the pastor told the people of the conversation he had with the young woman shortly before she died. He also told them about the fork and what it symbolized to her. He told the people how he could not stop thinking about the fork and told them that they probably would not be able to stop thinking about it either. <laughs> oh, that you and I would be compelled to not just tell the story of the fork, but to tell the story that that fork leads to, that there's something better. When you know Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, when you're trusting in Him, you have that assurance that one day you will be with Him. That's good news. The good news of what Christ has done for you and me. Lord, thank You for Your Word. And again, I thank you that your word is what is the power here. Help us not to be ashamed of the gospel. Help us that are trusting in you to live our lives. To live our lives for you in the power of what you have done. Thank you, O oh God, for providing for each of us. Thank you that we can be stewards of all that we've been given. Help us to be stewards of your gospel. To let it be a part of our lives. Lord, thank you for what you have done. Do your work again. And even as we sing this final song, Lord, remind us that each day we can come to the cross. It's open. We can look up and see what you have done. I thank, thank you, Lord, that the cross is empty, that our sin is forgiven. Help us to believe. Help us to live in that belief. Amen.